With everything that's happened this year, the two and four start, you trade away Kevin Byard. I mean, look, Jacksonville won again yesterday, so you're still chasing it in the division right now. But like, if you get to the end of this year, even if you don't make the playoffs, if you're the Titans, but you get to the end of it and you feel great about your young quarterback, like, isn't that a win moving forward? Yes. I mean, that's that's what that's what the future of this franchise is about. Like, when you took Will Levis, if he can be one of those guys, I mean, that just changes everything about your franchise. Now, again, it's one game. I know today's going to be filled with a lot of excitement, and that's great. You should be excited, all those things. I would like to remind people, I watched Marcus Mariota in his first game have a perfect passer rating. So, now, one game's not necessarily an indicator of what things are going to be, but you have to be, if you're a Titans fan today, elated by what you saw yesterday from Will Levis. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. All right, well, welcome in, everybody. How are you on this first Thursday in November? And to answer the question that I asked last week, there are five Thursdays in November, so there'll be at least five more new shows until I um, take a little bit of a break for the end of the year, which I'll explain a little bit later on. And I have figuratively duct-taped the studio back together. I'll explain Come up next on the Stone on Air podcast. Another one of those days when I don't really feel like doing it, but I guess it's getting to a point where that is happening more and more and more. Either way, thank you so much for finding the show each and every Thursday at Stone on Air on all social media is how you can get a hold of me. I am uh, battling a little bit of this scratchy voice that I all but completely lost over the weekend, and it's not for the normal reasons that I usually do when I go out of town. I'll explain uh, that a little bit more later on, possibly, but I was all prepared to, and, and already got a hold of people at Chattanooga State in the media uh, department to use their studios uh, this morning, the second, um, before I went into the day job because I've had complete haywire, just mass confusion with the setup here at the house. And if you're here regularly, you know I've complained about how things, the old computer stopped working for the way that the software, this 20-year-old software, blah, 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 blah. And then I was able to kind of rig it back up, and I was going to kind of hope to make it into next year before I started replacing stuff. Well, all of a sudden, everything was still working except for the goddamn microphone. So that's a pretty big problem. And so I thought, okay, maybe this cord's bad. I start changing out cords, start changing out microphones, and it's not that. And I talk about it. And it's totally real. If I go to turn on my car, it doesn't work. I don't know what to do. If I go to turn on my computer and it doesn't work, I don't know what to do. And if I go to turn on the podcast equipment and hit record and turn on the mic and it doesn't work, I don't know what to do. So I had plenty ready to go for today. I wasn't going to let it go to waste. But I tried my last ditch effort was with this. And I'm going to try not to bore you here. I'm sorry. I'm just going to tell it real quick is with this other venture I'm trying out with a buddy of mine for these uh, fish tour stories and podcasts that we're going to get off the ground hopefully next year. 
I was having trouble with the uh, equipment at the uh, at, at the common house. And maybe you could say, well, Brian, the common denominator is you, dummy, and that's totally true. But so I was having trouble, and I went to Guitar Center. A friend of mine, who a bunch of local bands in town, works there, and I I got with him, and I told him my problem, and he gave me this interface kind of piece. I don't even know what it's called, and I still barely know what it even really does. But I didn't want to feel totally stupid, so I kind of pretended like I knew. And he's like, this is your answer right here, man. And I was like, you know what? I'm not, you know, I'm thinking to myself more. I don't really think that's what I need. It's like 200 bucks also. Like, it's not a small purchase. And he's a pretty good salesman. He's like, listen, man, you play guitar, you're recording podcast. This is a piece of, of equipment that you can't live without. You got to have this. And I thought, oh, well, oh, okay, I must need it then. And I bought it. And I got home, and it's kind of cool looking, got cool lights and cool functions, neat little toy. And I open it up and I start looking at it. I'm like, I don't know what the hell to do with this thing. I just threw $200 in the garbage can. I don't know what I'm going to do with this because this is not what I need for the common house. Well, turns out $200 was well spent because using this piece today has been enabled the mic to now work through the board into the computer software, blah, 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 blah. So we're off and running, and the $200 wasn't wasted. Okay. Um, Interesting show today because it's changed a little bit throughout the day. As we're already about five minutes in here, I'll lay it out. In the second segment of the show, I'm going to talk about uh, Big River downtown after 30 years is closed, and a lot of places have closed recently. And that's just the cyclical nature of, of restaurants and clubs. And I'm going to look at some that have come and gone here recently and some that are on their way in. Also, I've just got a bunch of stacks of paper here with highlights on them and stuff. I'm going to kind of come in and out of it, I think, throughout the course of the show today. So it'll be a touch scattered. But I will uh, continue with, or like I normally do with the three segments. And in the final segment of the show, whatever's left over that I don't get to, I'll finish up. And I want to talk about a friend of mine who passed away here recently. His name's Bill Ramsey. The chances are you don't know who he is. A couple of you might. Um, I'll explain a little bit more who he is and why it was such a big deal to me today. And it also kind of goes along with what I want to do for shows that I'll release in December. And that'll be closer to heavier Right? And it's going to be closer to kind of maybe a little emotionally sappy. So if you're not interested in that today or right now, you can put a peg in that and come back later or not listen to it at all or whatever you want to do. Uh, any amount of time that you devote of your disposable uh, free time to this show, I um, am very grateful for. So that's uh, that's how it lays out. And I'll get you three pieces of audio here in just uh, you know about seven or eight minutes from right now. I'll get you the pretty bad idea the worst idea, and then the coolest thing in uh, just a very short amount of time. So coming up this weekend, this and a lot of times I would make a whole segment or play the stone's throw sounder of how pissed off I am about something. Yeah, it's tired, it's boring, I've done it countless times. Uh, the, the clocks change, the idiocy, the asinine... Uh, American, I, I don't know, do other countries even do this? I don't even know. Uh, tradition here of changing the clocks and just effing with everybody's mind, body, and spirit. Uh, 
all the statistics show that it's terrible for all of us. Uh, everything that's bad happens more. Uh, it's just not good. It's it's something we it's a self inflicted wound that we do to ourselves every year, and we do it again this weekend. So anybody who's for whatever reason has been conditioned to like that when we fall back, I hope you're happy when it's four thirty and it's almost dark come Sunday, and uh, it does warm up this weekend, which is nice. So I'm happy about that, but. Don't forget to fall back, and then it's just a few months, and then we go right back to it. It's su- it's such, um, it's just idiocy, just idiocy. So anyway, in case you forgot about that, um, it's been a year since Elon Musk foolishly bought Twitter, and then has now rebranded it to X. And here's some numbers for you. Downloads for the app overall are down 38% in that year. The uh, X rebrand is what many uh, of these metrics and these measurement companies uh, say is the major culprit. Uh, Monthly active users are down 14.8%. And those who do use it still regularly are using it 2% less. So the people who were regularly using it are... Still using it quite a bit. 2% I wouldn't think is anything to get alarmed by. But 38% down for downloads and 14 and almost 15% down of active users is a big deal. And ad revenue is down 60%. And um, it's a dreck of a, of a of an app. It sucks. Uh, it's still better, though. The final here uh, line on this from Morning Brew could be worse. X is still running faster than Threads, which only had 10 million daily active mobile users last month compared to X's 183 million. So when it comes to the super fast social media distribution of information, X Twitter is still king, but the numbers have been falling uh, quite a bit, and so has the revenue. And it couldn't happen to a bigger asshole like uh, Elon Musk. Uh, coming up this weekend, final mocks game of the season, and I'm hoping to get down there. Weather looks like it's going to be great, and if they win, they win the SoCon, the Southern Conference seat uh, regular season, and I, I'm pretty sure that gets them a automatic bid into the playoffs. But once again, the headline on the front page of the paper from David Pascal. This was last week was sparse crowds, mocks football team falling short in stands despite on-field success. I I guess they got to come up with stories every year. I don't know why this is still a story. This is just what mocks football is. And here's a couple highlights from the piece. UTC's attendance average of 7,900 is down from last year, but not much, just barely. And the high water mark for average attendance is still in 2010 with an average of 12.6. And that was just a different time. And it, that is still not even two third or uh, three quarters of the stadium. It's more like two thirds. Um, uh, Wharton, Mark Wharton, who is the athletic direct, director, quote says, You talk about stadiums in the Southern Conference, and nobody is above 8,500. And we have 22,000. His point being, our numbers are comparable to the rest of the conference and in their stadiums would be damn near sellouts. And the problem is Finley Stadium was a bad idea to be built to the size that it was. It wasn't a bad idea to be built. 
it's still um, it's the 27 years later is more profitable and more important to Chattanooga than it ever has been. But for Mox football, it's never going to work. 20,000 people are never going to go watch Mox football. It doesn't matter if they win every single game. It's not going to happen. That's just what the product is. An eight to 10,000 average attendance. And it's never going to change. They built that stadium, in case you didn't know, you likely didn't. We, you know where the berm is, the grass berm underneath the scoreboard? That was designed to be enclosed so it could fit up to 50,000 people. That was the original design was left to be, uh, you know, to be determined if they were to ever do that with these, with this hopes of becoming this powerhouse of a college football city, which I, you know, I wasn't old enough for anybody to care what my thoughts were, and I don't know what I would have thought of at 17, 18, 19, and 20 years old. But after... 20, what, what is the exact math on that? Uh, 2023 minus 1997, that would be 23 and then three more. Twenty. So 26 years. I, I mean, the sample size is, is pretty damn big. But I hope to be there. Uh, I know I'll be in the parking lot at, at least for a few minutes this weekend, and I would like to go to the game. Uh, let's see. What do we got here? Rhonda Thurman is stepping down from the school board. She's been around for a long time. She's a loud mouth. I thought there'd be more to this, and I was going to spend a few minutes, maybe an entire segment on it, but there really isn't. And since I've been blocked by her and most of her cronies, I couldn't see what a lot of the uh, chatter was on social. The headline is, Outspoken Rhonda Thurman to leave school board after almost two decades. And then one of the opinion pieces here written in op-eds was, Rhonda Thurman will be missed. And response, well, I promise you, I won't miss Rhonda Thurman. Could be a careful what you wish for. They'll likely just replace her with another crackpot. But for some reason, the school board is a partisan race. We have Republicans and Democrats that run for school board. But we have a mayor, a city mayor, that's nonpartisan. That doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. Never really quite understood that. Uh, before I get to the audio here on the open, Georgia pondering how to use its $16 billion in surplus. Yeah, the country's spending recklessly every single second, but Georgia, I guess that income tax is really piling up. Uh, Governor Kemp has already suspended the gas tax, which is costing the Treasury and saving Georgia drivers $160 to $190 million a month. And if you've got $16 billion left sitting around... How about not have the gas tax at all there, Kemp, bro? While you're at it, maybe, well, they already have low uh, grocery. It's Tennessee that needs to keep the, t- the grocery tax low. Uh, about $5.4 billion of the 16 is just going to go to reserves. And then there's uh, these reports that are put together by the Budgetary and Policy Institutes of where to put this money. They want to put $7.5 billion in child care and school buses and government workforces and raises and bonuses and all this stuff. So, I mean, if anybody needs to know how to have surpluses in a state, ask some people in Georgia. A lot of Republicans that lead that state, a lot of Democrats that lead that state, and a lot of things to not like about that state. But one thing there is to like, they got a lot of money. They don't spend it all, which is nice. Quickly, a couple other things. United Airlines looking to try to get nonstop flights to Denver out of Chattanooga. I would like that because I'd love to just go out to Denver for a long weekend again one of these days. And the final one here from also Morning Brew, 51% higher is the 
uh, homeschool rate since 2018, and public school enrollment has dropped by 4%. More and more people are homeschooling, and I can't think that that's a good idea. I can't imagine more people being schooled at home could be good for American societal norms and pressures and issues. Um, I guess these are just crazy worry wards that don't want their kids, you know, reading anything about a gay guy or girl or something. I'm not sure. But that's, uh, I would guess, I would think problematic long term, but short term, I guess it doesn't matter hardly at all. Let's play a couple pieces of audio for you. I've already lost my sheet that has it written down. There it is right there. Hang on. Okay, so on the front end there, you heard uh, those are guys in Nashville talking about the, the new quarterback for the Titans. If you care, you already know, I won't bore you. But they, um, the the fans, and I was one of them in the in the building, were booing when they brought in one of the other quarterbacks, the one that we hate so much, who sucks so bad. And this is at first Will Levis, the rookie quarterback, after his first career start, and then Derrick Henry, who is King Henry and kind of the king of Nashville. So I'll I'll listen to him, but I don't know if I want the rookie saying this necessarily. This is today's pretty bad idea. That left a sour taste in all of our mouths when we were hearing those boos when he was coming on the field. And uh, we got to know that he's going to be a big part of us going forward to win games. So uh, let's just come correct next time as fans and and treat him correctly. Okay, so I'm just going to stop it right there. I don't normally do this, but let's just come correct as fans. Bro, you just got here. How about you not tell us fans how to quote-unquote come correct? Uh, This, for the rest of this pretty bad idea is a less bad idea because it's coming from Derrick Henry. We were going for us. I'm like, who, what are they booing about? And I'm looking around, and then until I seen uh, uh, Malik go out and, and, and Will come in, and I realized, I'm like, they booing Malik. I mean, he's a part of the team. He um, sucks. You know, he, he was drafted here. Um, yeah, and he he's sucks. worked as, as hard as he can to make it to this point and would do anything he can to help, you know, this Except organization win. Be good at He's football. a great teammate. You know, he works his tail off each and every day um, to be sucks. to be ready and to come in to make plays, and that's all he's trying to do. Yeah, and he sucks at everything he does on a football field, and nobody wanted him out there, especially when your new hotshot is lighting up the scoreboard. Chill. Don't tell the fans to come correct. You're lucky we're coming to the games at all. Let's move on to today's worst idea. This is Mike, is it Johnson, right? Isn't he the new speaker? And then a it's a spliced together thing that's got uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia that is supposedly funny. Um, I, I think it's close to funny anyway. Today's worst idea. I, I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's a curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well... Go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's that's my worldview. Can I see that for a yeah, But I'm not tripping, okay? It's all right there. Oh, no. Yeah, just, it's going to take you a little while to flip mm-hmm. through because that book is long as shit. Oh, yeah, I like this one. Yeah. Exodus 21, verses 20 and 21. Mm-hmm. When a man strikes his slave with a rod so hard that the slave dies, he shall be punished. If, however, the slave survives for a day or two, he is not to be punished <laughs> for the slave is his property. That's that's not what I'm talking about though. That's a different. That's not my thing. Oh, so you saying you gonna whoop my black ass with a rod for as long as you like, and as long as I get up after a day or two, we all good. That's what you telling me. 
No, I wouldn't whoop on you uh, with anything, whether you were my slave or not. It's just, that doesn't really pertain anyway, because that section is not from the same time. Oh, oh, really? Well, what time is your section from? Yeah, I don't know why that cut off bad, sorry. So real quick, the third in line or second in line, depending on how you want to do the semantics of the math, to the presidency of the United States of America, when asked what he feels about ideological thoughts and things in the worldview of America, this is his answer. I, I am a Bible-believing Christian. Someone asked me today in the media, they said, it's a curious, people are curious, what does Mike Johnson think about any issue under the sun? I said, well, go pick up a Bible off your shelf and read it. That's, that's my world. Hey, here's my answer. Every answer to every problem and every issue and everything, you find it here in this book. Everybody should have a problem with that. And this is today's coolest thing. It's Dave Grohl talking about the first time Chris Cornell from Soundgarden brought to him his single yet to be released, Black Hole Sun. He said, hey, do you guys want to hear the stuff we just recorded um, for the new Soundgarden record? And me and Chris Novoselic said, yeah, put it on. And he played Black Hole Sun. And I remember thinking, holy shit, this is, this is going to be huge. This will be enormously huge because to me it was that perfect meeting of the Beatles and Black Sabbath. I don't think that had ever successfully um, been paired until that record and in particular that song. It was just so, it was so much more melodically sophisticated than anything any of the other bands in Seattle were doing or in rock. I remember it well. It was my first year of working in the summertime. I was pressure washing houses, and they put me with uh, one of the younger guys. I bet he was probably like 23 or something like that, and I was 14. And every 14 minutes, seemingly, Black Hole Sun would come on the radio, and what you know, we were in trucks that only had cassette tape players and radios, and that was the song of the summer of 1994, Black Hole Sun, and it is still, to this day, one of the greatest songs to come out of the 1990s. I'm gonna step aside for a short break. Coming up next, Big River is closing after 30 years, and some other places have come and gone, and uh, a handful of other things. Also, I'm gonna give you a look back at the weekend, including Nick Lutzko and Puddle's Pity Party Show at the Signal, and Trespassing up in Manchester, and some other things that I haven't laid out just yet because, again, I'm sorry, I'm a little off today. But all of that is coming up next. Now more Stone on Air. It's about to get all stupid up in here. Stoneonair.com. Another restaurant in downtown Chattanooga has shut down. After a 30-year run, customers were surprised to see Big River Grill close for good. Sarah Matson, the Director of Entrepreneurship for the City of Chattanooga, says resources are available for businesses in our community that may be struggling to keep their doors open. In the City of Chattanooga, there's a lot of resources available to provide technical assistance to businesses and funding if that's something they need. But in reality, businesses can close for such a wide variety of reasons, um, some not 
at any fault of their own, and some just due to changing uh, demographics of the city. Madison says there are small business incentive grants that are available. For every job that a restaurant provides, or if you provide at least five jobs within an 18-month period, there's grant funds available. And we've had quite a few restaurants in Chattanooga take advantage of that program. Um, and that's really to help incentivize and reward business, all businesses, not just restaurants, for creating jobs in our city and growing the business. salvaged audio from one of the most amateur, awful news vignettes I've ever seen or heard from Channel 3 or Local 3 News, anchored by the great David Carroll. Um, But it was all I could find quickly, and that portion of her talking about grant money potentially for people who want to open businesses and restaurants I thought was kind of fitting for what I'm talking about right now. But this is Piddles, Piddles, Puddles Pity Party, who opened for Nick Let's Go on Friday night. This, of course, is, if it sounds familiar, uh, Lord's Royals. And I can't, this doesn't really what he does and what his show is but this is at least partially what it sounds like he covers a lot of music it's interactive it's funny it's gimmicky it was really neat and uh, I love this song And I guess this guy, I forgot about this. If I knew it, I forgot. So maybe I didn't know it all. Was on one of the dumb TV shows, the karaoke shows, The Voice, or I don't think it was American Idol, but one of those. And he, if he didn't win, he at least came in high enough to get recognized. He dresses like a big, dumb clown. And he's like seven and a half feet tall. He's enormous. And it's a complete... Like face, paint, ears, neck. I mean, it is a it is a, a uh, elaborate clown costume. Like you know, think Bozo the Clown, except not as much hair, none, ha- no hair at all, actually. And it is just, it's really, it's fun. It's just a lot of fun, and it's one of those I can't explain it. It's just an experience. So that was uh, the opener opener on Friday, which I'll uh, I'll expand on the weekend. A little bit more here in just a few. But uh, Big River is gone. Just like, boom, just like that. Downtown, 30 years is a long run. Uh, There's a lot of great memories from that property, from that building, on both sides of it. Of course, talking about Rhythm and Brews on the other side. They connected. And so often uh, times in the... Uh, for me, it was more into the 2000s, a couple of times into the very late 90s because you could get in there back then under the age of 21. So I went a few times under the age of 21, but not not much. But countless times for countless people, going to Rhythm and Brews started with playing some pool and some beers at Big River and or 
dinner and beers and drinks before the show at Rhythm and Brews. That was that was a fixture for a lot of people. And I believe I don't I have the article here and it's long and I only highlighted a very small portion of it. I'm not going to go through it right now, but I believe at the time it was like the second brew pub house in the entire state of Tennessee. I mean, you got to think about how primitive from a um, from a hospitality entertainment angle that the state of Tennessee was in the early 90s and the late 80s. There was just nothing in this state. There was Graceland in Memphis. There was the stupid school in Knoxville. And then there was the Ryman and the Grand Old Opry in Nashville. And that's like it. There was like nothing in the Chattanooga Choo Choo falling apart here and, you know, in, in Chattanooga, there was nothing in this state. And so to bring that in at that time was a pretty big deal. And I liked craft beers. We called them micro brews back then. It would the craft beer name didn't take until the last like 10, 15, 12, 13 years ago. We were, you know, they were micro brews and honest, straight, honest as I could be. From the time I had Big River Beer, I thought that stuff sucked. I hated their beer. And that was a time when I would drink anything. I would drink motor oil if it would give me a buzz. And I never liked their beer. Uh, The food is pretty average. You know, it's fine. It's American-style food. And it worked for a while. Well, clearly, 30 years is just, that's an eternity. An eternity. So that's a good run. That's nothing to, I, I don't think that's anything to be all that upset about. It's a 133-year-old building. Probably could use quite a bit of um, upkeep in certain areas. I could uh, only imagine that a lot of areas of that building have been neglected over the last three decades. And they'll put something else in there. But that's a tough part of town. That's a really tough part of town right now because the demographics are so, I don't know, is different the right word? I don't even really know. Because I don't spend that much time downtown, and if I do, it certainly isn't over there. The uh, walk-on sports bar that was right next door that went over, didn't that take over the Blue Water uh, building that went out a few years ago? I think that's the one that has partial ownership from Drew Brees, the former Saints quarterback. It lasted barely a year and a half, as boring as the place could be. I mean, it had taps and beers and drinks and TVs, but there was... There's just nothing special about it. Mellow Mushroom still appears to be doing pretty well on that side of town. But uh, a friend of mine, friend of many here in town, Andalou is what he goes by as a musician, performer. His name is Jack Andalou. Posted this the other day, and this was before the announcement of Big River. He says, you know, I have lived in Chattanooga a long time, and lately a lot of things are changing pretty fast. We have lost Barley Chattanooga. Ziggy's, Honest Pint, Zarzars, and now Leaping Leprechaun. So I want to say if you love some place here or anywhere, you got to go support it. And it goes on and on to go buy a beer, buy a show, eat lunch, just go if you want to keep these things in Chattanooga. Goes on to say there are a lot of things about Chattanooga I hope never change. But from my heart, I want to keep Cherry Street Tavern, JJ's Bohemia, and Pickle Barrel. But we can't expect these places to be around if we don't support them. A bunch of hashtags. And um, and then it got a lot of response and a lot of shares. And while um, 
yeah, you know, great post, and that's that certainly is being a champion for your city. But let's just take a look at the list. Barley Chattanooga, which is in between JJ's and and Bitter Alibi on uh, Market Street, it just wasn't working. Um, it was a nice idea. Hipster place, a lot of taps, poetry reading nights, pop-up art installations. Nice idea. That thing's been losing money since the minute it opened its doors. And so that sucks, and I, I feel the pain of the people who enjoyed that place because it looked good, but it never really had much of a chance. But then from there, Ziggy's, Ziggy's sucked. Ziggy's was awful, and they were around a long time. Honest Pint, sorry guys, sucked. All right, now I might be romanticizing the past, but Parkway Billiards was what I miss if, you, if you're old enough to remember or around here long enough to remember that. Now, I do think I'm romanticizing the past because that place was kind of a dump and you could smoke inside and it was just basically go spill your light beer all over the place and play pool. Well, when you're 21 years old, that sounds pretty damn badass. That's what we were doing at the time. I romanticize that. Honest Pint never did much of anything for me. They had snotty, snarky, crappy wait, uh, wait staff. Food was fine. It was okay. And it was a terrible music venue. And it that's the problem. It's not a music venue, and they tried to make it one regularly. The party, the, the uh, party on the parkway that they do every year for, or many of the years for uh, St. Patrick's Day, always a disaster. Never. Great idea. Conceptually nice. I emceed it one year. Okay? I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm just telling you, it pretty much sucked. Zarzars, we all know the story. And Leaping Leprechaun is a good place to go get in a fight. If Leaping, if Leaping Leprechaun was located on Brainerd Road, it would be doing amazing. And they would have the best clientele because they're all nearby at Bud's doing just that. Getting drunk and fighting. That was just not in a good spot for what the Leaping Leprechaun, well, I don't really know what their mission statement is. but So a lot of times these places, these places are going out of business because they suck, and that's okay. What I don't understand is the person or the companies, the conglomerates, the entrepreneurs, the people who think, oh, well, that location has failed countless times, but I'm the guy that can fix this. That part I will always have trouble with. Like the tortilla factory. For some reason, I can only think of the tortilla factory right now. The, the bar right at the foot of when you walk down from the lookout stadium and they have that great outdoor area. They haven't been open in a while. It was a burger joint for a while. It was the Kahuna Wings joint that's super popular in Knoxville. Lasted five minutes here. The tortilla factory was probably 15 years ago. Could have been 20 years ago. And that that place, can, again, conceptually was great, but it never worked. And somebody always came in there and then just flushed all those millions of dollars right down the toilet and went right out of business. The Brass Register, which I still think is one of the coolest names for a bar, on Georgia Avenue right across from what is uh, the UJ now and the courthouse right across the way, it's been four or five different places it's been a david's i think tried it there once it was jefferson's most recently it was a place called the vineyard for a while um why is anything else escaping me 
They might have even tried a, a, a 2.0 version of the brass register. Always goes out of business immediately or close to it. Right now, they have a place called 618. Spell out the number 6 and then 18. And they are seconds away from being um, out of out of business again or, or also. Uh, to go back to Jack's post, I do agree with him on JJ's. I need to have John Shoemaker on as a guest on the podcast next year when I stretch out to do more interview shows because it is remarkable that he has kept that place open for now 17 years. If it wasn't last weekend, then it's this weekend or both. That is the uh, the week-long, long, stretched-out anniversary shows. 17 years at the corner there on MLK. He's kept that place going. They've gutted out the middle areas. They redid Barley. They're going to redo it again. It's going to be something else now. The coin op is gone and gutted. And then right around the corner is Bitter Alibi, which I do enjoy that bar. I like that downstairs basement portion of the bar. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, again, sorry about the voice today. But I, I wonder how long can JJ's continue the pickle barrel seems to be pretty bulletproof. I mean, fabulous food. Some of the best bar food you're ever going to eat. Uh, great drinks. Any kind of beer you want. And uh, the renovations over the last half decade or so. I mean, the pickle barrel seems to be bulletproof. And, of course, I crumpled it up. What else did he mention here? And we'll we'll take a look. Um, and Cherry Street Tavern, run by my guys, uh, Marty and Matt Bohannon. It's a relatively new one on the list of, of local favorites. Just a door or two down from uh, downtown CBC on Cherry Street. It's not just a clever name. And it's got that Nashville vibe with the band in the window kind of thing. And it's linear. It's kind of, it's kind of um, you know, it, it's, it's long and uh, narrow. And it's got a great bar. I've, I've since it's been open, I don't drink, so I'm I'm guessing they have good beer selection, and they've got bitters and soda for me when I'm there, so I'm happy about that. So I am a fan of uh, Cherry Street and both Marty and Matt Bohannon are long, long time friends. So I I echo what Jack is saying, but I also want to say some of those places that close close for a reason because they weren't any good. So and often something is going to come in and be better. The big thing with many of the younger folks, and I would have been the same way at the time, and I still am technically now, though, is that these big equity, private equity firms out of of Nashville and out of Atlanta are coming up and buying up a bunch of this this, uh, property and just turning it into these new bars. And once upon a time, I cared about those things more than I do now. If I had it my way, we would have all Chattanooga people running all Chattanooga things, all Chattanooga time. Unfortunately, that's not how real life works. But certainly no harm in uh, pep rallying and cheering on the uh, establishments that you like that Jack Gondalou did online. Um, There's one other Big River in Orlando. It's going to stay open. The company that now owns Big River also owns Jay Alexander's, Logan's. Uh, the Chop House Brewery, Redlands, Rock Bottom Restaurant, which they have one of those in Nashville, which is just Big River with a different name. So who knows? Maybe that same company has ideas for another one of their properties to go in there. We'll all find out together when it happens. Uh, so a couple of things real quick as I wind up this segment and then get into the next one. 
Big time weekend. Uh, I'll talk about Nick's show a little bit here to open up next segment because the the rejoin has something to do with it. But but I spent the weekend in Nashville for a couple of different reasons. Primarily my first Titans game of the year and my first Titans game sober. And it was a lot of fun. And primarily because the game was really good. And, and that doesn't happen all that often with Titans football these days. But on my way up to Nashville, it was a beautiful Saturday morning. Probably 70 degrees, 68, 69, 70 degrees. And the, the key to getting around volume traffic on the weekends, especially on a Saturday, to drive to Nashville or anywhere else, but that's where I drive the most, is leave early. Not crazy early, not stupid early, like 6, 7 a.m., even 8 a.m. As long as you get moving, rolling around 9, you know, as long as it's not much after 10 a.m., you're going to be usually fine. And if there's any bottlenecks around there, if you know your way around or if you don't and use ways, you can get around it. And I didn't have any issue. And so I was making great time and I had to do my annual, and I haven't done it every single year, but I've done it most years, my annual trespass on the farm, the Bonnaroo property in Manchester. I've got a little secret spot that... I'm sure others know about, but not that many people do, where you can kind of, quote-unquote, break in, jump the fence. It's a little section that's all you really got to do is just step over it. But from all accounts, when I look around and have driven around that area, most of the fence is pretty secure. And I'm not really in the in the world of climbing over dangerous things to do something as stupid as just walk around on a farm and take some pictures. So I still have my one little spot and I went around, took some pictures. I just really, you know, we all have that place that, you know, our Zen moments, right? That's good for our soul. And to go up and to do my annual trespass, post it on social media. I don't mess with anything. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know the best times to go. I know when they're probably going to be on the farm working. I know when they probably are not. And if there's somebody there working or if there's anybody there doing anything, you just don't go. You move along and you don't make, you know, you got to know what you're doing. And so I posted it on one of the Bonru Facebook, a very populated uh, Facebook group pages. And it got, I mean, my notifications exploded. People were um, really excited about it because there's an announcement coming this week. I think by the time you're listening to this, I think it's just the dates for Bonnaroo and maybe the date for the drop of the of next year's lineup, maybe. I don't know. Is it, that's what kind of the off-season of Bonnaroo is. It's all about, you know, guessing games. And so it got so much traction, so that was fun, and just to chat with people about it. And uh, so that was kind of a zen moment. And then I woke up on Sunday morning to go to the game. Game starts at noon, central time, and my voice was gone. Absolutely gone. I could not speak. I barely could get, like if you were standing right next to me in a quiet room, I could talk. If it was any louder than that or any other situation, I couldn't talk. The whole day, I went to a football game. And I couldn't speak. I couldn't talk about the play we just saw. I couldn't yell. I couldn't hoot. I couldn't holler. And, of course, <laughs> I was around a lot of people that knew me pretty well. Uh, the, the jokes were plentiful. 
of, well, we're all on vacation today. We don't have to listen to Brian analyze every step of the way today. Uh, I believe it was done affectionately and done all in good fun. But yeah, it was. There was quite a few laughs. Oh, Brian, what do you think about that? Oh, <laughs> you can't talk. You can't say anything. <laughs> it was driving me nuts. It was driving me absolutely batty. But it was a uh, fabulous weekend. I'll tell you about the Knicks show, Puddles Pity Party, and then I'll tell you about my friend who passed away and what I'm going to do in December. And uh, I'm going to tell you the story that I wanted to tell you that I tried to at least mention when it happened about a month and a half ago that I couldn't then, but I can now, and I'll do it next. Stone on Air will be right back. He's cool. Stoneonair.com. It's Halloween, so you're going to have everybody on social media warning everyone to watch out because drug dealers might be putting fentanyl in your kid's candy, so... Be careful. That's never happened. No one's ever done that. Drug dealers aren't doing that. Drug dealers are not answering the door on Halloween because they think it might be the cops. So relax. When I was a kid, it was a razor blade in an apple. So be careful. That never happened. Nobody gave you a fucking apple. And if they did, you'd throw it right back in their face. This is the so are we are we done celebrating children's holidays? I hope everybody had fun. This is Nick Lutzko's wildly popular theme for Spirit Halloween. The headline headline is spending for Halloween hits record high this year. Of course, everything is hitting record highs this year because of inflation. I'm getting tired of record highs. Well, yeah, when everything costs 13% more than it used to, of course you're setting records. Spending to reach 12.2 billion for Halloween this year. Um, the show was great. Uh, not nearly as crowded as I expected. I didn't expect to sell out because it's such a huge room. But it was not quite as full as I was uh, expecting. But that doesn't mean it was like a bad crowd at all on Friday at the Signal. And Puddle's Pity Party was fabulous. And then Nick was was great. And, um, yeah, that's about the extent I'm going to do of, of the review of the show. But... He posted on social that uh, something about that he was taking, uh, I think he worded it like he was going to delete some apps and go dark for a while. And with him, you never can be too sure if something's a gag or a bit or a joke. And so I um, I hit him up to ask him specifically, hey, will you just send me a, a, I guess, a statement for lack of a better way of putting it so I can talk about this uh, accurately. Are you actually taking some time off? And he responded, hey, dude, thanks again for coming out. It was good seeing you. Yeah, I'm taking a break for a while as I focus on writing some non-comedy stuff. I've been meaning to make it a priority for a while, but it keeps getting pushed to the back burner with other projects going on. This is the first time in the past couple of years that the calendar is clear, so I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone and try to knock it out. So you will not be hearing from Nick Lutzko and the Silly Songs, as I call them, for some time as he works on some new music and a new record for what I would hope to be maybe a release late next year or knowing the way he is. He's very meticulous and takes uh, sometimes a very long time to craft what he's doing. So it could be even longer than that. But 
If you want to know, you'll find out here first if you don't see it from Nick himself on social media. So, let's transition to the final uh, 10 plus minutes, 12, 13 minutes of the show or so. Um, I'm going to repackage my stories maybe I shouldn't tell from March and April of this year in December and play them once a week throughout the month. And I'll, I'll, I'm not just going to replay them straight up. I will, um, I'll add a little bit of commentary to them, but basically it'll be just a replay. And those stories were stories I wrote in real time, pen to paper while I was in uh, rehab for alcohol, uh, alcoholism this year, if you didn't already know. And um, I, I was already thinking about doing that because I've been having a lot of issues recently, kind of in my head a lot. And kind of starting to miss drinking again, like missing it a lot. And I've made jokes on the show about how, you know, life is kind of boring now and the newness of has worn off. And while I'm joking, it's like a kidding, not kidding thing. And while it's not, I'm not struggling with it terribly, I am struggling with it a little bit. And I think it would be good for me to recreate those, hear them again, and kind of give myself a little refresher going into the holidays and into the new year of of what a battle of a year that it's been. But it's been great. It really has. This has been a really good year. It's been goddamn a struggle. But it's been good. Um, except for a couple of things and that don't have to do with that. And one of them does. And here, I, I've got to try to move quickly here so I can tell this um, as as accurately as I can. So... The Monday that Kevin West died of a heart attack, just going to have to go with, I hope if you know, you know, I don't have time to reset it. Big deal to most anybody who has any concept of who he is. That Monday, I got a call from from a guy named Bill Ramsey that I was in rehab with almost the exact days. We got there one day apart. I left one day earlier than he did. He's about 20 years older than me. And I got a call from him. And it was a cry for help. Like, literally. And I mentioned that day when I did the show, or that week, talking about the passing of Kevin West, that something else had happened that day. But it was a story I couldn't tell. Well, now I can Bill Ramsey passed away the other week, wasn't even recently, only became public knowledge in the last 24 hours or a couple of days since you're hearing this now. He's a newspaper guy. He's an illustrator. He's a graphic designer. Um, he's a media guy. He worked, he was, he was in the service in the army, a wonderful storyteller, um, been on many places around the world worked in China for a newspaper. Um, So much about him that I learned just a little bit today that I don't know enough to regurgitate it here. But that Monday, just a couple hours after I found out that Kevin had died, I I get this call like, I need to go to the hospital. I need your I need some help. And I get to his house and it's, I'm not going to call it ransacked, but there's booze everywhere and empty bottles of, you know, tequila and vodka and Budweiser bottles and cans everywhere and he's just a mess and um he's he's vomiting and he 
can't even barely get himself dressed and and um and I I don't know if hearing about the news of a of a media guy passing made him just think I need to get to the hospital. I don't know what it was. Didn't ask. Didn't matter if I did ask because it wasn't going to be a coherent answer. But I I took him to the emergency room and I was there for most of the evening, night nighttime, and um you know. It, they treated him, realized he wasn't an immediate, you know, threat to any major health issues. He detox, you know, he kind of naps it off. They monitor him for a little while and then they send him home. And at like one thirty in the morning, he calls me and asks if I'd come pick him up. And I did picked him up, took him back home. As soon as he walks in the house, he cracks a beer, you know, as I'm walking off. And, you know, a, a guy who had really just kind of lost it. It was really sad to see, and it, it bummed me out a lot. To try to make a really long story very, very short, it didn't take real long for both of us to realize when we were in the treatment facility together that we were maybe, even being 20 years apart, we were maybe somewhat kindred spirits. And uh, both had similar kind of attitudes towards so many different things that involved treatment for addiction, primarily AA. Um, his his attitude was a little bit more brash than mine, but they they lined up. And after a week or so, after we were both done with our detoxing, we really started to hit it off. And in a place like that, I mean, you want to have some friends, but you're not guaranteed to be around anybody that you have any interest in being around. And luckily for me, I, I walked out of there with three total, three total, including Bill, that I still have somewhat of a relationship with today. And two of them I text with today to let them know. But me and Bill really, we connected and we talked politics and we talked you know, very reasonably and we talked shop like industry shop, uh, print, uh, radio, TV, production. We would talk music from the 60s, 70s, 90s, uh, television shows, movies. Um, I always have been fascinated with alternative weeklies, uh, uh, fanzines as they've been called, or just short zines. He did a lot of work for the pulse here locally. He also worked remotely in freelance in other areas across the country. His most recent gig was uh, the layouts for a Connecticut newspaper. Always was able to stay employed somehow, some way remotely. And when I really realized just how talented he was, is we had, I mean, just for lack of a better way of putting it, we had assignments and homework that we had to do, except you never go home. You just, you do them in your free time and you didn't have to, it's not like you were graded, but I mean, if you're going to be here and you're trying to get, do treatment, you might as well do it. At least that's how I approached it. And, and, and Bill did too, but not as much, but we had one assignment was, was do a timeline and of your life. And with, with the pertinent details of how addiction became a part of your life. And then you would show it in a, in a show and tell presentation kind of way. And it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter if you got crayons out and just scribbled all over a piece of notebook paper. I mean, that, that was going to be good enough. Well, I mean, I thought I was killing it with a ruler and color-coded 
key uh, with all the different years of my life and and moments of my life starting in the mid 90s to present. And I thought it was a damn good job. And I thought, man, I'm over here killing this thing. Doesn't matter, but I got nothing else to do until I look and see Bill working on his. And it is absolutely beautiful. I mean, there's a difference between a guy who is an artist and can draw well and an illustrator. Just like there's a difference in a magician and an illusionist. I know a a magician and I know an illusionist. I know a guy who can draw well and now I also know an illustrator. And he created this timeline poster that he eventually got bored and just quit. He didn't even finish it. And it was it was beautiful. It was one of the coolest things, uh, certainly, you know, over the course of the month that I was there. Um, at most, the meetings and gatherings and book studies and certainly the AA meetings that we had to go to, we would usually always sit together and just like, you know, little shithead kids in the back kind of giggling a little bit now we did it very quietly nobody could hear us but you know like rolling our eyes you know audible eye rolls it was it was something to make the just the time go better it was somebody you could just completely identify with and really in an odd way somebody that you could trust that you knew would take the joke, right? I mean, you're not, you're in a sensitive zone here and being a sarcastic asshole about things isn't going to go over well, except for with me and him. It was really cathartic for me anyway, I think for him as well. And so I, I, I loved being around him while we were there. Part of what made it so good for me was the fact that Bill Ramsey was there with me and we were roommates like bunk mates and they did a lot of musical chairs when it came to bringing people in and out three people got kicked out while I was there all ages mostly young and to their credit to the staff's credit they do keep an eye on who's gelling with who and they realized that putting me and Bill in a room together was going to be best for both of us and we have completely opposite schedules he's up at 5 30 every morning and I'm up until late as they'll let me every night and I mean this is already a really difficult time for everybody involved and if you get paired with the wrong person it could be a complete nightmare and I really do believe that I was more successful because of Bill Ramsey and the friendship that we created in what was a pretty short time, but boy, did it feel. It felt like a long time. This was one of those cases where time wasn't flying, right? Whether we were having any fun or not. Time wasn't flying. Time was actually moving pretty slow. And his friendship helped me with that. And then afterwards, we we stayed in contact with some text messages here and there for a good couple of months. And they were very similar to the same kind of of banter that we had while we were on the inside and um and then the what happened that day happened about a month and a half ago or whatever the exact date was and 
Shortly after that, Bill had hit me up again and asked if I'd come help him clean his house. And he needed, you know, I, I don't know what it was. And I, I feel bad about this, but I've talked to enough people involved that have made me realize I don't need to feel bad about this because it was so many other people that had to deal with the same thing. The first time or the, the third time I, I, I lied, I said I was out of town. And then the next time I said, man, work's got me covered up. I can't make it downtown, but I'll check on you later in the week. And then I never checked on him later in the week. And it, it kind of got to where it's like, man, I can't just come by. You know, you live downtown. I work out in Ottawa. It's clear that your drinking is out of control. If you're not ready to go back to a facility, there's nothing I can do. I've already taken you to the emergency room. I've already, you know, cleaned your house once. I, I've I've already done, I, I thought, I felt like enough. And, um, and then now, you know, a month later he's dead and I'm not that surprised really based on, on what I saw. Zach, um, Cooper is a guy that worked for the pulse who I worked with at Brewer media for a little bit. Uh, I consider him a friend. I hope he considers me a friend. I screenshot what he wrote today. I want to read it to you. It says Bill was the art director and part-time editor, contributing writer and general counsel for the pulse during a particular period that I believe were some of the most satisfying cohesive and cohesive editions we ever published. He had a particularly dry wit, which I loved and valued greatly that wit combined with his incredibly refined ability to detect bullshit and call it without fear or favor was a constant source of excellent writing, keen insight and uncontrollable laughter. I recall many days working on deadlines into late evenings with him. The extra hours were always worth it. If he had an idea, it was almost always best to follow it. If you had a problem with it, he was up for the discussion and he had the wisdom and professional experience to know there might be a better idea. Above all, Bill was a dear friend and I will miss him. His creativity and his occasional text message lampooning something from the daily headlines. Thanks, Bill. R.I.P. Dizzy Town Forever. I don't know what Dizzy Town Forever means. But yeah, his occasional text message lampooning over something from the daily headlines. Or if in our case, lampooning over some one of the idiots that we were in uh, treatment with. And I hate to say that and use that word, but there were some fools in there and we would talk about them. Um, we gossiped. We, you know, we had a lot of time to kill. We didn't make anybody feel small or stupid, and we didn't do anything out loud. We did it in the privacy of our own conversations, and most of them were post-treatment conversations because I went back to go to AA for about a month and a half afterwards, and he had no interest in that. And I don't think in the end he had a lot of interest in getting sober deep down when it was all said and done. And last thing here, and I'll, I'll wrap it up. And I know this means nothing to most of you. So if you're still here, thank you. I appreciate it. But um, when we were going to the ER, uh, he was I had to help him out of the house. I mean, he was going to fall over if I didn't help him. And I'm, I, I'm shocked he didn't vomit all over my car in it while we were on our way. But he just couldn't put the, the drink down. And I just I, I grabbed him a beer and I cracked it. And I said, here, put it in the cup holder of my car, Budweiser. Said, and here, lit a cigarette. Here you go. Smoke a cigarette, too. I don't care. I can't believe he didn't burn something in the car. 
And I, I get them there, and um, you know, all that's over with. I get done, night's over. I get home. It's two o'clock in the morning. That beer's still in my car, about half full, Budweiser. And I, I pulled it out and I set it on my on my porch, and I just thought, if he were to not make it through the night, or or if if he were to die, I should keep that. I literally thought that. I'm not making this up. I mean, y'all, y'all know me. I don't just make shit up. And just the other week, the car show week, the motor car festival, my dad was coming by the house to, uh, to pick me up. And that Budweiser was still sitting there. Like for a month it had been sitting there. And I didn't want him to think that I, and he knows I wouldn't drink Budweiser, but I didn't want him to see a beer can you know that had something in it sitting on the porch so I I picked it up and I thought I should throw this away but for some reason I'm not going to I'm just going to toss it in this five gallon bucket over here that has some rocks in it just been that's also just been sitting there for who knows how long and I threw the bud can in there and it's still there right now and um, I just forgot to get it on my way in the door tonight. And I'll pull it out tonight and I'll put it up on my shelf. And I'll keep that Budweiser can for the rest of my life. Because that guy uh, was somebody I knew for a collective about eight weeks. About eight weeks total. And as important of a guy as I've met and known in eight years. You know, I'm just making up a numbers now, but sucks, 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 sucks. Because I, I knew, I felt that he was going to die because it looked like he was trying to drink himself to death. And after talking to some people who will remain nameless that were much closer to him than I was talking at length today, I've been on my phone texting and calling with people all day. Um, That's what he did. He gave up and he drank himself to death. And I don't want that I don't that was going to be me 20 years from now if I kept up what I was doing and so that and then the idea to run these shows again and and replay them repackaged in December I think is something I'm definitely going to do now and and a guy like this Bill Ramsey there, he was he was buried just the other day. There was no ceremony. The VA had he was just on a budget that it was his burial was covered. No, but no unceremoniously, no, no gathering, no funeral, no speaker, no family, no friends, and there sure as shit isn't going to be any memorial at some local establishment or celebration of life or outpouring of love and and endless social media posts and remembrances. None of this. None of it. It's the saddest story ever. And I'm way over now. I apologize. I know you don't care. Saddest story ever. And I saw myself in him. I saw myself in his attitude. I saw myself in the way... In his passion for his craft and his talents. I saw myself in his, in his cynicism, in his sarcasm, 
and his attention to detail and his alcoholism. I saw me in him and that's why I liked him so much immediately. And that's so much why I don't want to end up that guy. And so if I needed motivation, I got it. I got it now. I already had it, but I really got it now. God damn it, Bill. God damn it. I'll just leave with this. Eddie Vedder is to me what Hunter S. Thompson is to Bill Ramsey. To give you a little bit of an idea of where his headspace comes from. I don't know who his favorite band is. He loves all the stuff that somebody his age from the 60s uh, and 70s would love. But he had a little army hat that he wore. And it had a couple of uh, pins on it. And one was a pack of Marlboro cigarettes. And the other was the The Who bullseye logo. So I'll play some Who here on the way out to close things up. But... Yeah, that Budweiser can will be here for forever. And I know I just spent 20 plus minutes on somebody you don't know. Um, But it wasn't a good day. And I had to get this laid down. And I'm very happy that I was able to piece this together. And I'm very happy that you're here. There are four Thursdays left in this month. And then I will uh, repackage all those stories maybe I shouldn't tell in December. If you weren't around in the spring and would like to hear those, I would be uh, delighted for you to hear them. Or by chance, you just wanted to hear them again. That'll be in a month from right now. But still got plenty to get to between now and then. Um, All I can do is say thank you for listening to this show. And I'll talk to you again next Thursday. See you later.